What's up, guys? Welcome back to the EG Part Thunder with your boy, the young light skin key sweat. Back with returning guests. Sound sounds way better with my guy, so prosperous. Finally, we are prosperous on this podcast. Yo, so pleasure being here, and hopefully, my audio is on point this time. So I'm gonna hold you accountable. Hold me accountable, baby. Hold me accountable. And we are here talking about accountable. Hit boot camp and NC fit instructor, my guy, Chris. Zapata C underscore 11, baby. Let's get it. Introduce yourself, baby. Yo, Effie, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Appreciate you bringing me onto your platform and letting me uh, share my thoughts with you. Nah, man, I appreciate you coming in. It's been a long time in the making. We uh, asked you a couple months back, but you were too focused on your first um, fitness, what, what would you say, it's competition? So, yeah, uh, competition. I compete uh, currently at a local level. Uh, Olympic weightlifting, but I'm um, hoping to make it to a regional and soon to be national level. Game season. Game season, game season, baby. And that was your first competition, so you were extremely focused. And now you have been on a second one as well. So let's start off with the first one. So what was even like your ambition to get into that? Because you have to be the first Olympic lifter that I personally know. So what was like your inspiration behind that? What made you get on that path? So... I started off a couple of years ago into CrossFit, and I fell in love with CrossFit. I always liked more of the barbell work versus the gymnastics and everything else that comes with CrossFit. So I began to more hone and focus myself more into the weightlifting portion. And luckily, um, through friends, through meet, social media, I uh, discovered all these local meets. And I, I just bit the bullet, no coach, nothing. I literally like trained myself, prepared myself. Um, I participated in my first meet and that's when we were talking about like, you know, the mindset and everything. So, so your first one, so going back, so you train yourself, do you have any regrets on that? Would you have gone back and hired like a coach? hundred percent. I I definitely would have. And, um, if you're interested in competing in anything like that, any, uh, sport like this, I definitely recommend getting a coach or seeking guidance from someone who knows more than you. So what was your mindset behind, like, on your first attempt where you were like, nah, I'm going to do this myself. Why'd you go that route opposed to the coaching route the first time around? Uh, my mindset, really, it's it's me against the world. It's me against everyone else who participates in this. It's a very lonely sport. It's honestly just you, a platform, barbell, and three judges when you get up there on that podium and on that stage, excuse me. So when I when I got there, I was just like, this is just me. This is six months in the making, grinding, squatting, pressing every day. You know, some people hit legs two times a week. It's like day every day, baby. Hey, hey, that's what you need to get those. Uh, that's why there's a lot of uh, chicken legs out there because no one's even doing legs sometimes, not even once a week sometimes at that point. Nah, nah, nah. We we do leg day every day. How about you, Jerry? How many times are you doing legs? Like two, three. Why are you putting me on the spot? Like <laughs> I want to know. I want to know your 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 workout because you are in the gym as well. You're always nine o'clock in the morning. Jerry finished your workout. Yeah, you know, I'm always working on myself. Never give up. Yeah, I mean, you definitely. Uh, you know, like I said, you're one of my. I said in the previous podcast, one of my fitness Apple Fitness uh, friends on here. So if he's ever lying to me, like, yo, Jerry, what are you doing? I'm not. I'm chilling at home. You're lying, bro. You just finished your workout. I know you're fucking lying to me. You can't avoid these fucking hangouts or podcasts i'm always saying like yo if you ain't burning a g you ain't working out you know you don't work hard enough if you didn't burn minimal 1k is that is that what you think you're thinking at least? oh 100 100 so if you finish your workout you're like at 955 you're like nah i need to f- over a thousand leave leave that thing on and go for go for a cool down walk or something figure it out <laughs> figure it out to g after a cool down walk so um yeah, so what was, like, how did you begin that, like, you fought a coach, what was your mindset, like, were you just, like, Googling stuff, or you just out here literally just free-balling it? Did you have no type of uh, plan at all, where, like, where you were going for? No, um, I honestly, there's a lot of coaches on Instagram and stuff who release parts of their workouts, and um, obviously, I don't think, this is, this is sort of my philosophy on everything, there's no specific template that will lead you to success. I think everyone is different. We're all inherent. We're all human beings, right? So that makes us all the same thing. But we, we are all each individuals. We're all different that way. And um, I just took things from what some of the greats did athletes-wise and what uh, coaches do. 
um, a lot of free trial coaching. So I would I would get all these different workouts and I would put everything together on my own. Six days, you're like, oh fuck, cancel, cancel. Liter- cancel. Nah, literally, I was on that. I was on that wave, and um, I was just looking for whatever truthfully worked for me because for a long time I had plateaued and I was hitting the same numbers over and over again. And this six month period of time, or. And, no, in, size in this in this six month period of time, because I only have taken the sport of weightlifting uh, seriously maybe eighteen months now. Mm. So I hit that plateau, and I was like, "All right, I need to find a way to step it up." You know, my nutrition's on point. I I go out with my friends. Don't get me wrong, but I don't drink anymore. Um, I wasn't doing the things I was doing. My I was eating on point, getting my eight hours of sleep. But for some odd reason, I had plateaued um, in the gym. Numbers weren't hitting. I wasn't going up anymore. So where, where would you attribute that to? Like you're just plateauing. You're just not staying consistent with these. Not having a coach. Would you would you attribute it to I would, that? I would attribute it definitely to that because I was doing everything on my own, um, and I was just doing the same thing over and over again versus expanding my horizons and like seeking more further guidance. Mm. Luckily, um, I found a couple online coaches. Did those free trials. Took what I learned from them. Took take what I learned like on the job take what I learned from just speaking to the coach, uh, my fellow coaches at the gym that I work at. And I just stack everything on top and um, I write my own programming and everything. So Chris, what would, what advice would you give to someone who's at the gym and is like, damn, I can't get past this number in my weights. And I'm trying to really hit some big numbers and get bigger. Truthfully, like I would recommend you seeking guidance from someone because there's always in the fitness, in the fitness world, there's always someone who knows more than you. And when you think you know, that's when, like, dude, the iceberg, you just see the tip of the iceberg. You don't know what's underneath. Um, and honestly, once I saw what was underneath, under the water, what you don't, what the naked eye can't see, um, that's when I learned the most. So I would recommend fi- uh, seeking guidance, um, people who train in different disciplines. So sometimes I ask power lifters for help with my squat. Because those guys can squat a house, and so I can't. For those who don't know, so what's the difference between a power lifter and Olympic bodybuilding? Right? So no, no. So bodybuilding is a different discipline as well. So bodybuilding is obviously a physique show. Powerlifting, you have your three different lifts. You have your bench press, you have your back squat, and you have your deadlift. And then Olympic lifting is two lifts. You have your clean and jerk and your snatch. Your snatch is moving the bar from the ground overhead in one movement and then your clean and jerk is moving the bar from the ground overhead in two movements so you have your clean and then you have your jerk where and then you press the bar overhead so why did you go with olympic opposed to the other two um honestly olympic lifting i really like it because of the athleticism involved so i'm i'm an athlete i i, I consider myself an athlete <laughs> let me let me reiterate uh, I like it because you see all these dudes who power lift, you see all these strong people, but they're not mobile, you know, like, can you sprint and then turn on a dime, you know, I'm not saying I'm like an NFL wide receiver yeah, who can, Hill. I'm not saying I'm Tyreek Hill, but I'm the Walmart Tyreek Hill, <laughs> ask about me on the field, like, trust me, I can go, Chris, Chris Hill out there. yo, I like, like, I like being able to sprint, come to a complete, like, not come to a stop, but turn on a dime, or say I need to jump over something, like, you know, so, you never know. So, but power lifters, there's more, there's getting more, ma- oh, bodybuilders are getting mass. Yeah, bodybuilding is mass. How power lifters look typically then? Um, like, who was a famous power lifter that people can Google when you say their name? Oh, see, I don't, I don't you really, you don't even pay attention to I, I don't really care about powerlifting, especially because of the way they be bench pressing. Luckily, IPF, which is like, the International Powerlifting Association. They changed the rules and regulations for bench pressing, so we're going to be able to see some range of motion. And that's something that I'm big on, range so of motion. Before they changed it, how were they lifting? How, how were they benching? Man, so there was this girl, was like a 13-year-old Russian girl or something. She was like benching like 500 plus pounds. That's nuts. But she wasn't benching. She had a whole back, like her back was completely arched. And more than anything, her chest was moving up to down. So now your elbow actually has to like fully break the plane of your back and then you actually have to press it up versus I'm going to manipulate the range of motion there's like kind of like doing versus like a nice ones. little a nice little touch and go which I mean hey if that's if that's your thing and you want to rock with that but when you talk about range of motion I've never understood so why do people do that massive like back arch anyway it makes it it again it cuts the range of motion so it cuts the distance you need to move that barbell make meaning you don't have to be that strong 
So when you're, you're benching, you're flat back. I don't bench. Oh, you don't bench? No, nah, we don't bench. We, oh. don't, we don't waste our time with that. So what's, what's like a, your typical um, going everywhere at this point? Because that's smoothing transitionally, though. So like, what is your workouts like? Um, so like system, Jesus. A, a typical day in the gym for me, um, I have one training session a day, maybe two. So it starts off with a 15-minute uh, warm-up and mobility. So you have to be really mobile, like squats, ass to grass. Like my butt touches my heels every time I squat. Um, so I do 15 minutes of mobility, work on some explosive movements. I take pieces from like track and field because they really have really good hip opening movements and like really explosive movements that I really like. And then I do a 20 to 30 minute strength piece that involves amount of sets and reps. So either depending on the day, I'll either do clean and jerk or snatches. And then after I finish like a complex, so what's a, what's a complex? So a complex. So you break down the movement, the clean. So the clean starts at the floor and you usually end up front squatting the weight and you stand it up. So I'll do like a high hang power clean, which means I'm cleaning from my hip or my knee or I'm doing multiple cleans and then into a split jerk or a push jerk or even a push press. Sometimes you take the legs away. You want to build those shoulders, different movements. And then it usually ends with a little bit of a 10, 15 minute um, Metcon workout, which will be like 10 minutes on the clock. You got three movements to do. Do as many rounds as you can. Sounds like a military type of thing. Metcon sounds like a something you see like in a movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nike makes some fire Metcons shoes, so it's 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 the name of a style of workout. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying with that though. <laughs> it sounds like a militant type of thing. But um, so that's your workout every single day. Yes, your regimen, or just like just one of your days. That's that's usually Monday through Thursday. Friday, um, shout out to Sunny G Webster GB. My boy watched my Instagram story once, and that blew up my head. He's uh, he's an Olympic, he's an actual Olympic weightlifting athlete. He lifted at an Olympic level along a few years ago. Um, Fridays, full send Fridays, big send Fridays. We we do the uh, Bulgarian style day, where we just we one rep max. So like right now, I'm looking at a 210, 210 pounds for a clean and jerk. So we just rip 205, 200 pounds. For say, for heavy singles, meaning just once, you just do it one rep and that's it, as much as you can. Damn, I mean, so, did you, so you, were you doing that type of working out beforehand? Is that why you maybe plateaued? Like, would you get it bored beforehand? Like, when you, when you were plateauing before, or what was the difference of why you were plateauing before and staying consistent now? I th I think more than anything, I was plateauing due to the fact that I just didn't have a series so like i didn't have a strength series going so usually like eight nine week programming where you start off with high volume low weight and then you're slowly building down to a one rep max as you get closer to week eight or nine i didn't really have that i was just going for threes and fives that was my old trusty number five by five three by three stuff like that uh, just changing the rep schemes and following a a true strength um series worked out a lot better i think that <clears throat> i think that's good advice because people usually stick to their numbers and me in particular when i go to the gym i'm always like hey i need to do if i'm gonna hit this workout i need to hit like at least 10 reps of this and kind of just relying on that trusted number kind of leaves you at a plateau level so switching that up is definitely some good advice do you feel like that's something you could do? Like maybe switch it up a little bit, do different types of workouts? Yeah, um, just lifting heavier and doing less reps. I, that's some great advice, and it's a, really a simple switch. Yeah, because um, I follow this guy, Joe DeFranco. He's a personal trainer. He actually uh, does a lot of NFL players, WWE wrestlers. He actually uh, is Triple H's personal trainer. And this was podcast a lot, and he says that one thing he sees, the number one thing he sees is kind of what you just said is where people don't follow a structured lifting plan. He's like, not even just mine. You need any trainer. You can't just go to the gym and just do whatever. Like, you need to be at someone or anybody's, like, look up whoever, C.T. Fletcher, look up with this person. You need to be on some type of, like, consistent regiment. It's the only way you're going to see consistent results. If you're just going to the gym and just winging it every day, you're never going to see results. That's one of the main reasons why you're not going to see results. 
Yeah, that's that's something that happened to me. I was just going and I was just doing what I learned to do in my like beginner years of weightlifting. And that's sort of the reason why I plateaued. And then um, I did my research, you know, I found a good training program to follow. I found a strength wave to follow eight weeks, six weeks, nine weeks, whatever it may be. And you do seven, eight weeks of volume. That ninth week is your testing week. So that's when you hit those heavy singles. That's when you try to beat your old PR. Mm. So yeah, so you're doing that. You're training like an athlete. You're eating like an athlete. So well, what like what you said you're eating good right now. So what is like your eating habits consist of? So those maybe like, damn, you need to do both. What do I need to eat? Because a lot of people don't know what they should be eating. So this is going to come out a little controversial, but I I follow this because it works for me. And again, I take pieces of everything and I try to cultivate it to work for me. Um, I sort of go on like a hybrid carnivore diet. So three three meals a day. I don't really eat carbs anymore, like bread, oatmeal. I used to be on that whole like oatmeal, a bowl oatmeal a day. Um, I don't do that anymore. I wake up, three pieces of, oh, I mean, uh, three eggs, sunny side up, cooked in butter. That's specific. Very specific. <laughs> Cooking in butter. I don't use no seed oils. The only oil I use is, is um, avocado oil or olive oil. Sorry. So I use two types of oils. <laughs> avocado oil. I don't oil. use oil, but I do use oil, so get that. It may, so I don't use like these seed oils, like these really popular seed oils, because they're really not good for you. They're inflammatory. But you're but saying that's not good for you, but butter is? Butter is really good for you. Is it? Cooking an animal fat is one of the best things you could do. And again, it's a controversial topic. A lot of people don't agree with it. I'm here for, I'm here for the, I'm not even debating. I'm just asking <laughs> intrigue because you typically don't hear that. You typically yeah. hear like, stay away from butter. It's not good for you. It's terrible for you. So where does that mindset even come from? Cut you off before the rest of your meals, but so um, it's this Instagram controversy. This Instagram page I follow, it's um, they're called butter, buttered and something, and pretty much it talks about carnivore diet and eating red meat daily, eating eating um, using butter to cook things versus different types of seed oil like grapeseed oil. Like question, yeah, is this essentially like a keto based diet or it's not so much keto because I don't think I'm ever pushing like into ketosis and i never need to be in ketosis because i know like if you're doing keto the the true way you like check your blood and stuff Uh, i don't do that i just eat red meat and eggs and occasionally to switch it up i eat chicken thighs Mm, but i can't do chicken no i love chicken but like (laughs) i know so i i love chicken but when i'm eating on like a regimented diet where like i'm hitting the gym i want to eat right Chicken just gets the texture of it just gets like um, it gets to me. I'm like, damn, chicken again. Like I like chicken gets like, boring. Chicken gets boring. No matter how, what sauce, then you have to use extra sauces eat, to make it taste better. Yeah. You eat chicken breast. That's why. Don't don't eat chicken breast. Chicken thighs is the way to go, bro. I, I don't any type thick of chicken thighs bro. save lives. I promise you. You sound like a slut. <laughs> but, um, I like doing ground turkey. It's easier for me to do ground turkey, put some jasmine rice in there. Ground turkey's fucking bland as fuck. Bro, you gotta put some fucking no salsa zone on there. You gotta put some Mrs. Dash. Season it up. Don't yeah, be afraid yeah, to season yeah. your food. They all have low calories on them anyway. No salt, fucking nah. Mrs. Dash on there. But I, when it was funny when I first started like trying to eat healthier, I would do ground turkey. I'm like, nah, like don't put no season on there. And I'll be like, I was like, mom was helping me out at that point because like she was like, I'll cook it for you. I'm like, oh sure, whatever, why not? Shout out to mom. She was doing it. Um, mom Dukes. And she would put nothing. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, nothing. Straight up. You Tasted. I'm like, ugh. Straight raw nah, dog. Nah, that, you can't, bro. You, can't, you wildin'. I was wild. I thought <laughs> raw I was dog like, for real. <laughs> bro, that was, that was bad, bro. Shake some ass. Oh, that's not the drop I wanted, but shout out to Michelle shaking some ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nah. I would, I wouldn't mind that, but that's oh, yo. Yo, turkey, yo, turkey with no seasoning. Dog, that's Lord, the wildest bro. thing. And then you're complaining about chicken. <laughs> that's oh, just, bad. No wonder but, you hate like your diet, bro. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no, yeah, no. Like that, it was bad. But so yeah, so butter is good. Butter is really good. According to Chris, you. butter, beef tallow, cook your meat. If you're cooking meat, cook it in its own fat. It's going to sound messed up, I'm telling you, but it's it's the best thing you could do for yourself because, like, even Chipotle, like, you ever eat Chipotle, even if you only eat half the bowl, you feel, like, swollen, right? You're like, yeah. oh, you want to know why? Because they cook with rice grain oil. That shit's terrible for you. All these different types of oils aren't aren't really meant for your body. Grapeseed oil, not meant for Jerry, you. So you don't you agree. 
No, I'm saying no. So I have a question on that. So you're saying these oils keep you thick? Yeah, no, they're they're actual inflamm like there's studies, unfortunately. I didn't like I should have brought a pen and pad with to be able to cite all these cite things. Your sources. But for, through the research that I've done, and mind you, I, I'm five foot seven. I used to weigh 190 pounds. I was a big boy. I used to wear small, now I wear medium, unfortunately. You said you were a big boy, but now you went up on a I was I was I mean big. I'm 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 big like I'm big because I hit the gym, but oh, okay. not really, but I used to be like chubby. So mm. like transformed the chubby. So I got like I changed up my diet, like GMOs and all that stuff. And I just um like I mean I mean I even I even went vegan for like eight months. How was that? And I lost a lot of weight, but I didn't gain any strength. And I was doing like all these you know like all the fads and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. I was doing all the fads beyond me, all that stuff and but those should be fire though, I'm not gonna lie. They're, they're good. Fish, they're good, yes. But, but the macros just weren't doing it for me. Bro, the macros, the carbs are like through the roof this, on those things. And and guess what? Guess what? All that pea protein and all that stuff, your body doesn't really absorb it. You know what's way. interesting about like those proteins and all like Beyond Meat is, for example, if you look at the Beyond Meat Impossible Whopper and the original Whopper, there's more calories in the Impossible Whopper than the original Whopper. Yeah. So is it really healthy? healthier uh, is it? what does chris think questionable i i i'm gonna sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist but that stuff is not good for you man i'm convinced it's not either it's not good for you it's really they think it's a healthier alternative because it's not like meat-based but i'm convinced it's i feel like more probably people are, the are, same or worse i feel like some people just aren't who would do eat that though they're more opposed to like they don't really care about the calories they care more about like killing cows and stuff like that. Or I think that's one of the main reasons why people would do it, where they don't even care about the the you know the calorie yeah. count. They're just like, I don't want to kill more chickens or cows, and that that's the, the possibly the reason. Opposed I, to trying to I eat think that's a fair point to say, but I also think there's also a group of people who eat that food because they think it's healthier. There's definitely that component of it as well, and you know, there's some people who even do like fasting though. Fasting's not good for you, where if they're like. Oh, yeah, I'm going to fast for 10 days. It's like, okay, you know, that's not good for you at all, right? But when people say, I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like, but that's not, the, like, maybe like fast for a day or two, but for 10, 14 nah, days. That's scary. Yeah, you, they're, you're going to gain more fat on that aspect, that route. That's very scary. So some people are just like doing fast because like they're scared. They're like, oh, my God, I gained 20 pounds in two months. I need to do something drastic. And I think as all three of us know, it's not going to be. And I'm not saying we're the most fit people in the world, but I think we're all fit for what we're doing. And people try to do like the crazy route, like the quick 10 day route. What can I do? Let me get on this. Uh, what was that thing that people used to do? Abacare. People said, oh, Abacare. I do. I lose weight. And you know what's a good shortcut? Getting a BBL and then becoming a fitness trainer. Yo. Key shortcut right there. That's a huge, it's a huge shortcut. 100%. It's not that funny because you know in Atlanta, <laughs> there's like mad people in like in wheelchairs. I didn't know this. My boy told me like because Atlanta's like the main stop for like international flights. So that's, you can go there and you see mad girls in wheelchairs. <laughs> right. They stand they go with those. The Riding wheelchairs the wheelchairs. Because sit, they can't sit down on their ass. They got to sit <laughs> facing uh, backwards on the yeah. flight. My sister, Juliana. Wow. Shout out to Juli. She got a BBL? She, no, no. Okay. <laughs> she, was, she was on a flight back home from Miami, and they had to, like, I'm going to mess up this story a little bit because I my memory is all messed up. But apparently, they had to kick a handful of people off the flight because these three girls got BBLs. <laughs> and the weight of the plane wasn't right because the girls had to sit all the way in the back facing the tail. That's wild. Yeah, because you get Call for a BBL, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of girls, you know, they, they do that BBL. They just want the, the lift. And then it's like some people just want the quick fix. It's like, bro, there's no quick fix. Yeah, moral of the story, there's no shortcuts. No shortcuts. And the people who think you can take a shortcut, you're only doing yourself a disservice. You're only extending the journey. 100%. Yeah, because they're going to do like a quick fix. And then it's going to be like, oh, I can go out and do the same thing I was doing before. And they're going to get it right back. Right back. Like, especially, you know, the, all those fads. Like, advocate, they have like the right like mindset of it but it's like it's like yeah i need to do like it's mostly just the vitamins cla fat burners you need to eat right i mean that's what you need to do regardless so like you said do it the long-term way opposed to just a quick fix yeah no nah. if if whenever you're on the internet and you see anything 10 minutes 15 minutes anything fast like that 
It's a lie. It's a Ponzi scheme. Run away. They're selling you a lie. They're selling you something fake that's not going to work. They're trying to get money. Because you didn't, this is something that I, I preach a lot too. You didn't get to where you're at, where you're uncomfortable in your own skin overnight. So what makes you think you're going to be able to get out of that overnight? It's just as long as it took you is going to take you just as long to be able to be comfortable again. Yeah, and 100% facts said that. So butter is good. What else is your diet then? Butter <laughs> in the morning, sunny side eggs. You have two more meals to tell people what, how are you getting in shape for Olympic lifting. I eat that again for lunch, and the I eat same that exact again thing? for dinner, yes. And I, wait, wait, same thing? All three same meals? Same thing, same thing. Damn, your diet's boring. I throw in, <laughs> I, I eat um, a few bananas, you know. I'll have some peanut butter throughout the day on, like, I'll have, like, an English muffin with some peanut butter, you know. Um, watermelon, watermelons are really, really up there. Uh, shout out to Eric. Eric put me onto that watermelon. Ate a watermelon one day. Added 10 pounds to one of my lifts. Crazy, I swear. That's... <laughs> I swear, I swear. <laughs> you were just really excited that day. And you got the, some girl broke down. Yo, fuck this bitch. <laughs> My boy was heated. <laughs> to switch it up, though, like, obviously, eating that every day is very tiresome. Um, but to switch it up, I'll do the occasional, like, chickpea pasta, some chicken, you know. Chicken and chickpea pasta, I'll throw that in there just to switch it up. I eat, no season ground turkey. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We sounds fine. Tenemos sazón, you know. We got we got that shit at the crib. Damn, so it's eggs every day. Damn, not even no chicken, no steak, nothing. I mean, no, no. I eat steak. Three eggs and a steak. Oh, I didn't have the steak part. How do you feel about tuna? So, when I was in the military, when I was overseas, I used to eat a lot of tuna out of a pouch. So, I ate like scarred. tuna like three times. Yeah, I'm scarred. Just like with beef jerky. I used to love beef jerky and Girl Scout cookies. I can't eat that anymore. You used to have that in the military too? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. They used to care packages, dope, huge boxes full of beef jerky and Girl Scout cookies. And Is I just, that when you gained the 190 fat? Oh, no, no, no. That was that was already... I was losing that weight when I was overseas. <laughs> yeah, so talk about the military. So start off with that. So how did you even get into that? Do you think that had any, any like reason to get part of your journey where you got into fitness? Do you, have to, do you attribute that to, uh, to the fitness journey at all or... Two separate things. Does that have nothing to do with, with each other? No correlation. Uh, a, a little bit. I used to. I, I was. I've, I've always been into fitness, though. Um, I've always been athletic. I've always liked to maintain a certain level of athleticism because I, you know, Central Falls boys. We always play in pickup soccer somewhere, and I don't want to be that one guy that's out of breath. You know, <laughs> I'm always hustling on the field. Trust me. But um, no. In the in the military, um, when I was in there, I always just like to stay fit, and I was always trying to get stronger. You know, because you never, like, as corny as it might have been, to think to think of now, it's corny. But I was always like, yo, what if I got to carry my boy? And I can't carry my boy because he weighs 220. And he's a fucking, like, I had my boy Davis. And he was this big dude, like, no neck. He had no neck. One of those guys. And boy was just traps. Traps and shoulders. And I was like, yo, God forbid I got to carry this kid. And full kit. I got to carry him, his kit, his gun, and everything else. So I've always been chasing, uh, sh- I've always just... Wanted to look at least. Yeah, yeah. I've always just been chasing getting stronger. And um, something else I like to say, too, is like just just be hard to kill, man. Because one day, you never know, as crazy as it sounds, you never know, someone might try you and make it hard for them to kill you, bro. That hmm. I've never thought of it like that before, but since you put it out there, you, you do legit never know. Nah, for real. Hard, stay, get hard to kill. Don't and, be soft. And question. So when you were at 190 in your heaviest, what was like, were you still working out at that time, or was there like a breaking point like, nah, that I was, made you work out? I, my, so my breaking point was I put on my uniform and it was like Christmas time, and like the bottom two buttons were like, yo, the them shits were about to give out, bro. <laughs> like them shits were about to like I forgot what movie it was from the '90s where the button pops on the dude's yeah. uh, button up and some old lady chokes on it, <laughs> but like on like on like that level, and I was just like, yeah, something's got to change. I got to stop eating Chick Fil A every day. So like, I'm assuming it was fit perfectly fine beforehand, and now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, before what was that transition, how long and difference was it fitting perfectly fine, and then it wasn't. Oh, it, it happened in like three months because I was I was actually getting ready to go overseas, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna be able to have access to all this delicious food, so let's let's just bulk, let's just get a dirty bulk going before we step off. That's wild. Three months, things can change. Literally, like. You see, even like when people like my my boys, uh, 
my boy Pat, he played college football, and then I'm like, bro, it happens quick. Like he's like, nah, bro, I'm never gonna not be in shape. Literally, like three months later, he's like, bro, I gained like thirty pounds. It happens when you live when you live a sedimentary lifestyle and a comfortable lifestyle, where every day you're you're doing the same thing and you're comfortable with it and you're eating that comfort food. You're not yeah. getting you're not getting up and you're not getting hard. Yeah, it's well, not good, bro. I think it's just interesting to see like the normal transition of like when you're working out all the time. It's very easy easy for you to even fall back into that hole of eating unhealthy because you can kind of fall back on like, oh, I can just go back to the gym. And you kind of just keep sinking yourself back into that hole and not realize like, oh, shit, it's been a month or two and I put on like 20 pounds because you feel like you know you can just get back to the gym and lose that. And that's when that snowball effect happens where you're like, oh, I'll start next week. I'll start next week. I'll start next week. Next week turns into two years, turns into five years. Turns into the when you try to do that quick fix. That's literally how it happens. And then you're looking at uh, what's that guy's page? Six <laughs> six pack shortcut abs or whatever it is. Shortcut. Yeah, yo, like t- it, do this for ten minutes. Like you don't get abs from doing sit ups. And these people sell that. And ten minutes a day. There's no there's no fucking way, bro. Nah. I tried those. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I tried them, but uh, now the magazines at Stop and Shop, um, like those Life magazines or People magazines, <laughs> lose sixty pounds in two months. Here's the secret how. Like fuck out of here. There's no fucking way, bro. <laughs> no way. That's all water weight and all that other bullshit. Yeah, you know, cap. Get back to like just real quick to the military. So, what was like your uh, reasoning behind joining the military? I'm always intrigued with people's stories about that. Because if I'm just being honest, I, that never even like crossed my mind. So I'm always intrigued, especially now with my brother doing it. So uh, just hearing other people's stories about wanting to join and, you know, that, that route. Yeah, so uh, I was 19 years old. I was in college. had just dropped out. Um, I didn't really know what to do in my life. I needed guidance. And I always had a feeling I was going to join the military, preferably after college with a degree so I could go the different route. But unfortunately, that just that card was not in my hands. So I, I took what I could get and um i joined off of the strength of you know the opportunity to work uh the employment opportunity alone because it was hard out there at that time um i come from a a family uh that a lot of my cousins were were either in the army or currently serving in the army so it was just something that like part of me it was always going to be something but not just that, just like the way it's set up. Um, I had just f- dropped out of school. I didn't know what to do in my life. I needed that guidance. So it was did you feel like pressure from like, your parents at that point or like, no, not so much. My, my parents did not pressure me or push me at all. It was more so they wanted me to make sure I was making the decision that internally was correct for me. And in the moment and in the time and up until today, like I a hundred percent agree that like, you know, Six years of my life went well. Like I don't feel like I wasted six years. Mm. And so it's all part of the process, and that you needed that. If not, who knows where you would have ended up? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It was definitely a stepping stone, and it was a way for me to build as a person, build my character, and um, just knowledge, the training, all that stuff. All that stuff paid itself. You know. Nice. So you so you, you sucked that out. You seek that out yourself. You didn't need anybody to oh, give you the extra push to do it. No, 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 not at all. Do you think that's like in everybody's car? Or is that just like, you know, I mean, it wasn't in my car. So just like, would you recommend that to somebody who's feeling lost at that point? Like, would you recommend that same thing to like a 19 year old who drops out or think everybody has their own, like, their own path? Or? No, not at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to someone who's only 19. I would definitely tell them to work hard, find, find a job, keep your note, keep like, you know, keep your head down, work hard, try to get a degree and then go in. The best way to go in is with a degree, become an officer in the military that 100%. Why is it the best route to that? Uh, you get paid way more. You get treated way better. I mean, the training is a lot. The training in the beginning is a lot harder, but in the long run, it's a lot better. Mm. So the treatment, um, because when you're an officer versus enlisted, it's two different things. You enlist, you can you just sign a contract and write it. When you're an officer, you need a degree to get in, um, and then you go and you you get selected for whichever route whatever whatever training route you're gonna take and as an officer like people have to salute you so that alone like speaks for itself like imagine having to salute somebody just because they have a degree that's, that's crazy so yeah 
Wow. What did you go for? If you don't mind me asking. I just went in, enlisted. I Not went. Like what's your like? What's like your department? Oh, right. Oh, I was I was in the Navy. I was in a Coastal Riverine Squadron, which is now known as <laughs> Maritime Security Squadron, out of Newport, Rhode Island. So, like, what's that into? I have literally no idea. So, pretty much, we're a unit that does escorts for U.S. Navy assets. So, like, really big ships coming into ports in overseas and local. So, like, out of Connecticut, the submarines coming in and out. We pretty much just provide security for them. Oh, nice. Is that where you're, you're stationed the entire time, is Newport, or did you go to other places? Oh, uh, I was in Newport. I was in Connecticut. I went to San Diego for a few months. I was in Virginia for like a year. I was in Djibouti, Africa for like eight months. How was that? Hot. I loved it. I don't like, like the cold. Like 100? Like 120 plus. Holy yeah. shit. One of the hottest places in the world. But it, it was a dry heat. It wasn't like humid. So, like, you would step out, and it wouldn't feel like you have blankets on you. It just feels hot, if that makes sense. No. No. Jesus Christ. I man. mean, you, you would just sweat just being outside, but it was, like, nice. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, it's so muggy out. It was like, nah, it's, it's I went to visit my brother in San Antonio. It was, like, one twelve, and he was out there wearing a sweater and jeans. I'm like, what in the fuck? I'm sweating wearing <laughs> this T-shirt. He's like, nah, it's, like, it's okay right It's now. a chill day. He's like, it's chill. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, imagine wearing like this entire fit, like a yeah. bag. I'm like, I don't care, bro. It's still hot. Nah. He told me it's not hot. He's like, no, this, this is all right, bro. You're out of your fucking mind. Like n- nighttime, it would hit like 90, 94. I'd be in sweatpants and a hoodie. Just cozy. Cozy in 94 degrees. Bro, fuck. I'm, I'm wearing extra greased up. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to see if he can, he, he's, he's flexing right now. He's see if he can get that sweat to like the, look at the fucking body oil. It, it it was it was super weird, especially then in turn going from Africa to Germany where there was snow on the ground. That was like I was rocking like three jackets, two pairs of sweatpants because I was freezing. Because like I was just so used to a hundred plus degrees every day. You think they do that on purpose to like, keep you like accustomed to like, different type of weather? Because he went from Chicago to San Antonio. I'm like, this is two completely fucking different things. Yeah, no, I mean, so more than anything. The time we spent in Germany was a transitional period, but the way I see it, it was more so like you got to be able to learn to drink before you go back home because we know that's what everyone's going to do. So I spent five days in Germany just drinking, just being able to get your tolerance up because overseas, like when you're where we were, you could only get two drinks a night. So it got to the point where two drinks like and I was good. Like off of that, I was good. Damn lightweight. Very lightweight. (laughs) Did you hit the, the red light district too? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. We didn't get to enjoy Germany that much. We did get to like go out and see stuff, but not that much. So how was that aspect of like the military, like traveling the world? Like, did you take that? You think you took it for granted, or you that's something enjoyed it in the moment? Oh no, I I enjoyed every moment. You know, every any time I could get like a stamp in my passport, I got it. I was always like, yo, I know you guys don't really do stamps anymore, but can you? And they'd be like, hold on, hold on. So I'd like hold up immigration for like 10 minutes just to get a stamp. I didn't care. But it was all part of like, you know, the the reason I ever even got on a plane when I was 18, 19 was to go to boot camp. The first time I ever got on a plane. That's nuts. So it was, I always saw it as they were giving me an opportunity, you know. Wow. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a different route. So are you still like active? still have any like ties to the military? I have no idea how it works. It's all no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've been out now since last November, and I haven't looked back. I, I, I miss it, and I loved it. And I, my boys call me every day and talk to me. I have boys who are getting ready to go downrange now, and um, they call me and they tell me like, "Yo, we miss you, bro. We wish you were here." And like, I, I agree. I wish I was there too. But I'm also grateful I'm not there because the opportunity for me to succeed in a different path. And to be able to pursue a different dream is here now. So it's like, I miss it, but I, not really. I don't miss it that much to go back. <laughs> the, um, so, so I know some people typically, like you hear these stories about people in the military when they leave, they have like no guidance or sometimes they don't know what they're doing next. Did you have that like that issue? Or did you know when you got out, you were straight going into the Olympic lifting life or... Was that process when you got out? I I definitely had an ego when I got out. I was I was not trying to just work any job. I was like, well, I'm a veteran now. Like, I'm not trying to just work any regular nine to five. So, it was definitely a process to get a new to find a job. But um, I did end up pursuing employment through 
a financial institution that <laughs> in turn later, <laughs> two years later, <laughs> laid me off. Motherfucker. <laughs> so last November you got out, no? Oh, it's like you were out, but you're still like going. Yeah, I was, I was like in the reserve, so I was just doing like the weekend warrior stuff. Mm. So the intern, the intern financial life wasn't for you neither? Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot, you know, paid oh, holidays off and stuff. Off, yeah. Like that, that stuff was good, but um, in May they laid us off. Like the whole, the whole department like got shut down and, and stuff. Jesus. I'm sure that shit flew by since then. Flew by. Time flies, yo. I was laid off last year, and dude, literally, I got paid um, unemployment. And those few months, it was like literally like six months of unemployment, but the best money like I could get, and it flew by in like two seconds. Next thing you know, I was like, damn, I gotta get a fucking job again. <laughs> So how did you feel like, in that position? Like, did you kind of feel like Chris at a point where you're like, because uh, I'm not sure if you want to talk your shit, but I know what you have your master's, correct? Yeah, I got my master's. MBA. So master's in uh, business, correct? Yes, sir. So did you feel like maybe like uh, Chris, because I don't have a master's, I have my regular bachelor's, but did you have that maybe that type of a 10 minutes? Well, you're like, I'm not working no fucking regular ass job. Like, were you super picky and finding your next career? I think being on unemployment, I knew that, I think I was pretty, with the bonus that, like, the COVID pandemic was giving, I was getting paid literally almost the same to not even work. And then on top of that, like, I had my degree and I have a qualifications. I was just chilling. I was like, I'm going to milk this for every minute I got. Like, I'm going to make the best of this opportunity because working every day, like, obviously, you know, you're investing in your future. It's not it. It's not it. Working. A nine to five or just work in general definitely is, yeah, definitely yeah. And brutal i feel like i'm at a point in my life where i'm trying to figure out what i love to do and it's not not just do work or mindless work that i'm doing to serve somebody but trying to figure out maybe a job that gives me purpose hmm. so how did you transition that to you, know, you have a job you don't have to say but like now you've got a job so how did you transition to you know even accepting this this job that you Well, I'll say like, so I work in tech right now. So I work in tech sales. Um, It's not what I want, but I realized in life that we have to take, you know, it's not a loss or anything, but make sacrifices to get to where we want to be. And sometimes it takes time to do things you don't want to do to figure out the things you like and what you want to do. Yeah, but it's better that because obviously now you know the covid like money has gone away so what are you gonna do are you gonna be that guy like oh, i'm too good for all this and do nothing at least you're doing something where you can save up money up focus on your next plan which is what i'm assuming what you're doing right now you're saving yeah. up you're getting some at least your resume built and then at the same time you're still looking towards the future to see what's the next move yeah i'm i think in general at this point in my life i'm trying to figure out purpose and how do I correlate making money with my purpose? And through time, I, fi- I think I'll figure it out. But for now, I'm just enjoying this process. And when that comes, then I'm going to have the financial capability to do so because I had this job to support me in the meantime while I figure that out. So so I'm curious, if someone with a master's, what... You know, advice would you have to someone who's in college who, you know, some people struggle to even, you know, get their associates or bachelors, never mind their masters. So someone who's going, you know, fresh out of high school and they're feeling pressure from their parents to, just to go to college. You know, what advice would you have to someone to, you know, at least finish your four years first or your five years, whatever it may take you? Like, you know, did you have those thoughts when you yeah. were getting your bachelor's? Like, oh, I'm going to quit. I have no idea what I'm doing. How about those people like, who are just lost and, like, they're out? What advice do you have to someone in you know, those shoes? I think, luckily for me, I was, I felt like I knew what I wanted to do since high school was at least get a business degree because business, for me, always seemed universal and applicable to whatever I wanted to do, um, whether it's, like, fashion whether it's like if I like sneakers, I can get into the sneaker industry. If I'm into like healthcare, you can, there's a business in healthcare, and so I understood the versatility of business, and that's what made me go into business. And through that, I kind of just 
figured I'll be okay. Like, no matter what, it might not be what I want to do directly, but it'll build the foundation for me to get there. And I always knew school was temporary. So my mindset in school was I'm going to go into school. I already made it for 12 years in high school. And as much as I didn't want to be there those 12 years, it's still I still went every day and it still made me who I am. Yeah. And school was all I knew at that point in my life. So I just applied that same mindset into college and was just put my head down and just put my head in the books and sucked it up for um, those three years because I graduated my undergrad in three years. I took extra classes in the summer and dug it out. But I just knew it was temporary. It was like, all right, this is the end of the goal. Just go to school, get a degree. And then for probably the rest of my life, I'll have something to fall back on. And I, I was cool with that. And that was my mindset. And then I got to my bachelor's and I was like, what's next? And I was like, okay, let me just look at the master's degree program for my school at the University of Rhode Island. And apparently they were just accepting like students with a certain GPA in the program. And I got in. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to just do this, too. So I just kind of went along with it. It's not necessarily a game plan. But I just knew if I put my head down and just go through the motions of school, eventually I'll come out and be done with it. And through that, I'll have a foundation for something in my life that I'll always fall, be able to fall back on. You know, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, uh, you know, you, no one can ever take that away from you. But um, do you think, like, College is needed for everybody, though? I would 100% say that college is not needed for anybody. But it's it's necessary if you seek um, a solid foundation to fall back on. Like, it's not the answer. College is definitely not the answer. There's a lot of people, especially who I work with, who don't have degrees, who, you know, people are dyslexic, who are, like, CEOs, and they're still doing well, and it's not about having a degree it's more how do you use your knowledge and how do you talk how do you present yourself and sometimes that's way more valuable than just having the degree but sometimes the degree is what gets you through the door if you want those opportunities so i, mean, I definitely 100 percent agree i mean like i don't think i needed to go to college for what i'm doing but college definitely made me the person who i am for sure like i definitely wouldn't be the same person without those experiences Without doing a study abroad, if I was going to New Orleans, it wouldn't have made me who I am. It wouldn't have made me the traveler I am because, um, you know, definitely made me appreciate going to different countries, meeting new people, meeting people who are, you know, start, um, boarding schools and then, like, yeah. in the entire life and meeting their stories, hearing their parents' success stories. So I wouldn't have, you know, dealt with that. Just going to, at that point, I was going to the Providence campus at URI. So, you know, it gets a lot more smaller going from the Providence yeah. campus opposed Agreed. to Kingston. You kind of get into that same Rhode Island bubble going to that Providence campus. Yeah. And it's like, these people kind of doing the same thing over and over again. I'm like, I couldn't fall into this trap. So I needed to like get out and do something different. So I definitely wouldn't be that same person without that experience so like you with going to grad school you with the military making you guys who you are and um so seeking the opportunity with the military you know getting that experience you came back and then you had that internship and you didn't and, um you know they laid you off so is that layoff what you know kind of jump-started the the first well, competition then leading to the second honestly losing a job it sucks don't get me wrong especially now with the way the like the way the dollar doesn't stretch like it used to but it has opened the opportunity for me to be able to train more for me to be able to put more of my own energy and more of my own focus and just shout out to jerry real quick and shout out oh shit uh shout out to you real quick because you guys are latino males and having a degree makes you even more of a minority than you really are so shout out to you guys because that's that's something that as someone who doesn't have a degree, I'm like low-key jealous because it takes a level of commitment and it takes a level of discipline that not everyone has. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that for Thank sure. You. Of course. It's, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I kind of on Jerry's boat, too. It was like, I don't know uh, you know, if I need this or not, but I was like, you know what? It's a fallback plan. 
I was uh, the first person in my family to graduate from you know a university. So um, my dad's side, you know, a couple of people on my mom's yeah. side, but definitely I'm first on my dad's side. Not even a question. So just having that. Um, itself is uh you know a cool accomplishment to have and uh, and it, it only makes you more of a minority dude it's it's so crazy to think about as guys like not to i, I don't want to sound sexist or anything but a, a lot more female um females in general graduate from college more than males F- male latinos graduate less than female you know so it's it's just crazy because out of the three of us two of you guys have degrees jerry has an a master so it just it just shows you the level of commitment focus you know discipline and that's yeah. that's something that's like it's it's truly like it makes me jealous because it's like damn like it's not like an envy i don't envy you guys i just wish i could be able to do apply myself like that education wise but it's just not in my route you know no i, mean, I appreciate it but it's a big shout out to you too though so like i couldn't do like i said from the beginning i couldn't am i saying this because you said that Mm. I couldn't do what you and my brother do. I would never, it never even yeah. crossed my mind. <laughs> so never mind, you know, shout out to you. It's like, you know, serving in the military for six years because not everyone has that, you know, and their, their plans. Like, could I do like the physical activity of it? Yeah, for sure. But I don't think I could do the like, the mental grind behind that. Like, yeah. That was never as part of my car. So like for you to do that and then come back, you know, that's a big shout out to you too. And me to the person who you are, because who knows what path you would have let down if not, you know, you know, you just don't know where you would have been without it. Oh, definitely. I, I used to be like a little shit, you know, I was a little, I was a little fuckhead. And then it sort of, it gave me discipline and it, and it leveled my head out and it humbled me, you know? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, without that, who knows if you could ever even compete in a competition there, let alone two. hundred percent. What's up guys. That was part one of my conversation with Chris and Jerry. I want to thank Jerry and Chris for coming out. That was a good time. We ran for about two hours, so I'm going to turn that into a two-parter. But definitely go make sure you check out my boy Chris. He's competing October 22nd. He said he had to be there for like 9 a.m. in Franklin, Massachusetts. I'll get more details, and I'll put it in the description. So definitely go check out my boy. That's a lot of work. And um, I'm pretty positive. Me, Jerry, and David will be out there supporting you, bro. Keep your hard work up. And Jerry, keep your Apple Fitness goals up. You are making me motivated to keep hitting the gym and continue being on the progress journey that we all three are on. So thank you guys for tuning in. Go follow Chris and Jerry on Instagram. And go follow your boy, ExploreFF, on all social medias. Go follow EG Pot of Thunder on all social medias, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Five Star Review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything, baby. Send us to the moon. I appreciate all the love and support. We got 50 coming up soon. So definitely, um, you know, definitely check that episode out. It's going to be dope. Um, got a couple guests lined up for that one to make it a special memory 50th. So thank you guys for all the support. I appreciate everything. And you get it, baby.